Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Welcome back in on The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. We are giving away a pair of Missouri tickets to their game this weekend against Seton Hall. That game is going to be inside the T-Mobile Center. You know what? Every day at 3 o'clock this week, we'll give you guys a pair of tickets. Let's start right now. 913-586-7610. Caller number six wins a pair of tickets. Mizzou men's basketball is returning to the T-Mobile Center for the first time in four years to take on Seton Hall on Saturday. You can get your tickets at the T-Mobile Center's website. Go watch MIZ this weekend against Seton Hall. We're going to play our conversation with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. That is coming up in about 15 minutes or so. If you missed it, here is what Andy Reid had to say earlier today regarding Kadarius Toney. There's a little bit of controversy on whether or not he checked with the official. I just saw a video on Twitter. He did check the with the official. Then Andy Reid said he didn't check with the official. Who knows at this point? Yeah, so listen, normally normally he looks over to the sideline and just gets an okay. Um, and on that one, he just happened not to. So that would be the coaching point. Just okay. make sure you check Make sure you check with the guy on the on the side just to see if you're aligned. I mean, he's not lining up off sides on purpose. Um, and listen, he was two inches away from from or an inch from being legal. And um, you know, so I, I mean, you know, you you can always, like I said, you can argue both sides of it. It's uh, um, for both teams. There there are things that happen where people. Um, you know, just it happens like that. So I guess the league's trying to clean that up I, from what I heard um, uh, by one of the broadcasters last night. So I didn't, I, I don't, you know, whatever. I certainly have my gripes with Brett Veach and the way that they built this team. They have built this team in a way that basically told Patrick Mahomes, nah, you got it. We knew that their wide receiver group had a lot of inexperience. And we have seen that inexperience pop up at almost every single point in the season. We knew that the wide receiver room was a little bit of a question mark. And it has played out that way. There have been numerous opportunities from the Chiefs to make improvements to the wide receiver room. They had that chance in the offseason and free agency. They chose to just go get Richie James. They had a chance to do that in the draft. They spent one pick on Rasheed Rice. They didn't spend any other pick. You had a chance to go trade for DeAndre Hopkins. You chose not to. You had a chance to go sign Adam Thielen. Odell Beckham is starting to play his best football of the season. Would have been nice to make those moves. You didn't make the moves. I got a little bit of an issue with Andy Reid. We keep talking about execution. Isn't that a coaching thing? Kadarius Toney is in year three. He's been in this system. He's lining up offsides. I mean, noticeably offsides. Isn't that a coaching thing? Some of the mistakes, they continue to repeat themselves week after week after week. Isn't some of that coaching? And at some point, aren't you looking at the people in charge and asking, what have you done to correct some of these mistakes? We've been talking about this stuff for a long time. I mean, 13, 14 weeks we've been talking about some of these things. And the same issues continue to pop up. We continue to have the same conversations 
about drops, attention to detail, focus, penalties, mistakes. I don't want to hear about the officials picking on Juwan Taylor anymore. That was week one. And the problem hasn't been fixed. The drops. You keep telling me, hey, it's more times in the jugs. It's more. They continue to pop up at the worst times. The turnover differential. It continues to be an issue. Some of it is an X's and O's thing. Some of it is a talent thing. But do you feel like Andy Reid with a Hall of Fame quarterback, Andy Reid with a Hall of Fame tight end who's still playing at a really high level for a team that has invested immense resources in his offensive line, is he getting the most out of this roster? Because I'm looking at the defense. The defense is getting the most out of it. You held Buffalo to less than 21 points. This defense has been pretty consistent top five. This defense, I think, is maximizing what it can be. This offense has regressed. And we can talk about Eric Bieniemy. He's not the one getting a gold jacket one day. We can talk about Matt Nagy. He also will not go to Canton, Ohio. They have arguably the greatest offensive mind in the NFL since Bill Walsh on their team. And you have given that person with that mind the most talented quarterback that we have possibly ever seen. And what they have handed you is a team that has scored less than 21 points in eight games this season. And a team that has not developed offensively since week one of the NFL season. Some of that is on the coach. And I'm not talking about the wide receiver coach, Connor Embry, who you wouldn't be able to pick out of a lineup. I'm not talking about Matt Nagy, who had a chance to do it himself and was a failed coach with the Chicago Bears, or the fact that they're missing Eric Bieniemy, who couldn't get a head coaching job anywhere in the National Football League. Some of the responsibility of this has to be worn by Andy Reid, who, in my opinion, is one of the five greatest coaches to ever have seen. They continue to make the same mistakes and haven't improved on those in really any capacity. The coach has got to wear some of that blame, has to wear some of the responsibility for what we've seen with this offense. We're going to play our conversation with Patrick Mahomes here coming up in a bit. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, we can't on one end acknowledge that the officiating in the NFL is broken, and through the season we have seen it cost teams opportunities to win games, and at the same time judge the players and coaches who have to directly deal with it for getting frustrated with that fact. I don't have any problem you being frustrated with the officiating. I don't have any problem with that. I've certainly been frustrated with the officiating. You've been frustrated with the officiating. I don't have any problem with that. I would say it's really twofold what my quote-unquote issue is with how everything played itself yesterday. Because I agree with you. The officiating is broken. The officiating is unfair. I would ask you question number one. Have you seen this season Any team in the National Football League react in the way that the Chiefs did to a bad call? Any team. There's 32 other teams in the league, and bad officiating happens pretty consistently in the league. Can you think of a quarterback, a coach, a player, a situation who has responded in the way that the Chiefs did yesterday to a call on the field? I would start with no. I don't think we've seen that this year. It was over the top. It was over the top. How they responded to the penalty was over the top. And I also think, second, when we talk about the frustration with the penalties, it was a penalty. It was a penalty. He was offsides. 
Like, what are you mad at? What is the frustration? It was a penalty. We're not talking about a phantom call or a bad call. I believe the correct call was made on the field. I get mad enough at the officials for missing calls. I'm not going to get mad at them for making the right call on the field. So at the core of what you're saying, I, I, I don't disagree. The officiating in the NFL is broken. It is inconsistent. And it has cost teams the opportunity to win. I don't think it cost the Chiefs the opportunity to win the game yesterday. I still believe they had a chance to win the game. They had plays after that. And I think that that call mentally took them out of it for a call that was correct. So that's just where we disagree on this. Sometimes you're going to get hot. You're going to get angry. But we haven't seen the team respond the way that Kansas City did to a call. And they're also, they're mad about the correct call on the field being made. That's where I have my quote-unquote issue. Every Monday after the game, we get an opportunity to catch up with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hit it, Rob. He has one of the most impressive resumes on planet Earth. Two-time MVP. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium! Underhanded shovel for a 56-yard touchdown! Touchdown! Two-time Super Bowl champ. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder! He's got the catch! He's got the touchdown! Kansas City! A beautifully thrown ball! As Mahomes to Kelsey. And the only place in the world where he does an interview weekly is right here on The Drive with CDOT. It's not something that I would say I'm a Waffle House guy, but it definitely we made our appearance at Waffle House uh, a couple of times. 310 means one thing. one thing. Here's Patrick Mahomes. Every Monday after the game, we are honored to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, the current NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP. For my money, he is the best quarterback in the league. Our conversation with Patrick this week started with, you have now had 24 hours. You got a chance to go home, take a shower, get something to eat, review the film, sit down. Where are you at mentally after yesterday's loss and what happened on the sideline? Yeah, man, it was a tough loss yesterday. Um, but, I mean, all you can do in this league is kind of move on. So, uh, I've already uh, watched the film, uh, try to learn from our mistakes in the game, uh, and then now we're going to try to do whatever we can to find a way to, to beat a New England team that's uh, playing good football right now. So, uh, you kind of have to just kind of keep moving forward in this league if you want to try to get back on track. You mentioned watching the film. What was your biggest takeaway when you watched it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we did a lot of great things, man. I mean, obviously didn't start the game offensively how we wanted to with the interceptions. Um, but uh, so the guys played hard. Um, I thought, for the most part, guys did a good job of uh, going out there and, and making plays happen. Um, we just came up short, man. Um, and uh, we got to continue to continue to get better and better. And uh, obviously, the, the race the AFC West has gotten tighter. So uh, we got to continue to do whatever we can to try to string together some wins. And uh, so start with a great week of practice this week. Right now, we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, let's go through the play, obviously, at the center of everything. Take us through the play. Yeah, no, uh, it was a, a pretty a cool play design uh, where we got Travis free, um, and then he uh, he made a, a big-time catch, and then obviously a big-time throw. Uh, obviously, uh, didn't, it didn't end up in our favor uh, with the flag. Um, but uh, I, I was proud of how the guys fought, man. Um, and to the very end, guys fought, um, and uh, we just kept a little bit short. 
How much of that play is improv where Travis just makes the decision to lateral it, or was that part of the play design for him to do that? No, it was 100% improv, man. Um, that's just a, a great player making a great play in a, in a, in a big-time moment. Um, I mean, just to have the, the – to know the have the knowledge of your surroundings and know that that guy's wide open across the field and um, getting getting the football to him and, and trying to make a play for the team. I mean, it was a uh, it was it truly was a really cool play and uh, uh, stinks that it didn't count, but uh, it shows the type of player that he is. You mentioned greatness in your post game press conference. How many players in the league do you think even have the IQ to make that play in that spot, given all of the scenarios? Yeah, I mean, there's not many, man. Um, not many, uh, I don't think, all time be able to think the, the lateral ball, throw the ball across the field, um, and and within under two minutes in a, in a big time football game um, against a good team. Um, so I mean, it's just he's a he's a legendary player, man. I mean, he he does a lot of great things. He has the confidence to do it. He knows the field, and it's like he's playing at a different speed than everybody else does. Slow down, t- slow it down, and uh, make that decision in that moment. Patrick, can you take us through what Tony's responsibility in that play? Is he supposed to check with the center? Is he supposed to look at you? Is he supposed to look at the sideline? Like, in that spot, what is the wide receiver's responsibility on that play? Yeah, I mean, in most in most uh, instances, um, they, they usually just point to the ref, and um, they the ref gives them they're good or they're not good, and uh, then you kind of move keep moving on. I mean, you just got to know who's on and off the ball. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, um, I, I guess, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I haven't talked to him, so I don't know for sure if he pointed or not or whatever that all that stuff's going on. I just know, uh, that we got called off sides for it. So, I mean, it's, uh, it, it happens, man. It's the NFL. Um, stuff like that happens. You got to move on. Um, not every season's going to be the same. You're not always going to have success and you got to learn how to get better from it. And, uh, until the, you still got four games left and we got to do whatever we can to try to fight to, to win the division and, uh, get into the playoffs. You mentioned going back and watching the film. Have you seen the video of you on the sideline? Have you got a chance to go back and watch that? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. I try to stay away from it a little, little bit. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in in life. Um, so. I uh, probably regret acting like that, um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it, and um, so I, I was uh, I, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that that I was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline. Yeah, I thought so, too, because I think there was some conversation that your frustration on the sideline was potentially directed at anybody on your team. I never thought that for a second. You could just kind of tell by your demeanor. You were just mad at the situation, mad at the call, and obviously mad that that was a big play that aided in you guys losing the game. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I just um, – it's tough when you play a hard-fought game um, and, and the game uh, comes down comes down to stuff like that. I mean, either way, man. Um, but it's uh, – part of it man it's part of the game um you now you just learn from it and try to be better from it be better as a person and uh be better as a player so it's uh um something that i'll learn from in my career um and try to be better the next time the situation arises right now we're talking to patrick mahomes quarterback of the kansas city chiefs for a few minutes when you go back and watch are you surprised at how mad you've gotten because i think a lot of people it was just i don't want to use the term out of character but normally you are just more composed in that moment than you were in those 30, 45 seconds. Are you surprised that you got that upset in that moment? Um, 
No, no, not really. I mean, uh, it was a big play in the game, um, and uh, obviously got negated um, because of a, a foul. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, I just I, I I didn't I didn't have a great explanation for it. Obviously, I'm not seeing the view from the sideline or anything like that, um, and. I didn't even really know. I heard the call, but from where I was, you couldn't even tell what really happened, and I was trying to get an explanation and didn't really get one. So, um, obviously, uh, I've seen it, seen it now. And um, if, if he didn't, if he if he didn't check, and they weren't they weren't good, I guess. I mean, it is a foul. It's just something that you just don't, you rarely see called in the in, in the NFL. And so, um, but it was a foul. So, I mean, it's uh it's part of, it's part of playing the game, man. You just learn from it, and part of being a person, man. You learn learn from your mistakes and try to be better the next time. I want to give you a stat here that you mentioned that it rarely gets called in the NFL. The stat was on SportsCenter yesterday. Andy Reid, as a head coach, he has been a part of 25,172 offensive plays. That is the first time that an Andy Reid coach team has ever been called for offensive offside. So you say it never gets called. It literally never gets called for Andy Reid's teams. Yeah, no, it's a – I mean, you, you emphasize that stuff in training camp and OTAs and stuff like that. I mean, you just try to make sure you're on and off the ball and, and when you motion, you're not moving forward or there's no sudden movements. I mean, it's just stuff that uh, you have to you have focus on, I mean, your whole entire life. Um, but uh, obviously, in a big moment, it, it came up and it arise as a problem for us. And uh, we just got to make sure that we, we go back to the fundamentals and, and try to make sure that we're good at those so that that stuff doesn't happen. What's next, I guess, related to this? Are you expecting a fine? Are you expecting a call from the commissioner? Are you expecting this just to kind of blow over like stories? Like, what are you expecting to come from this? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I know usually when you're, when you're t- you talk about referees, that's not, not a good thing. Um, or you're saying stuff towards referees, and that's why I usually stay away from it. Um, because I know their job is hard, and, 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 and they're, they're trying to go out there and do the best they can as well. Um, but uh, whatever happens, happens, man. It's, I, you have to accept the consequences of your actions, um, and that's something that I've always stood by. And um, I obviously didn't act in the way that I, I usually act, and, and if there's consequences that come from it, then I have to accept those. This feels like a fork in the road for the team and kind of like fight-or-flight scenario. What are you expecting to come from this just as a group based off what happened yesterday, obviously the stretch of football that you guys have played, and knowing that you got a month left in the regular season? Yeah, I mean, you hope that guys respond. I mean, uh, obviously, we haven't had a, a good stretch of football these last uh, five, six games, um, and uh, we have to uh, see how we respond, man. I mean, I, I, all I'll say is I think the guys have played hard the entire time, and now it's about just trying to find a way to execute at a higher level. And I know it's hard to keep saying that week after week, um, but if we want to take that next step and um, try to get some momentum um, going into the hopefully the playoffs, um, you got to you got to execute at a higher level, and that includes myself. And I feel like guys. Our, the fight's there, and I know the guys are going to lay it all on the line, and I'm excited to just see how we respond um, and uh, go into this week and try to have a great week of practice. You mentioned it a couple times. Are you worried about you guys winning the division? It feels like that's been a foregone conclusion over the course of your career. Denver is only one game back. Are you at all worried about not winning the AFC West? I mean, all, I mean, all you can do is take a week at a time. Um, that's always our first goal is to win the AFC West, and then – and then, uh, then, then you work on everything else after that. And the Denver's playing good football, and they're a game back now. And all we can do is focus on the Patriots this week. Um, if we focus on week after week, and and um, we try to go out there and be the best that we can, and try to just win the football games that are in front of us, uh, all the rest of that will handle itself. Last question here, Patrick. How much of the offensive struggles do you think are attributed to the fact that you guys changed offensive coordinators and you don't have that continuity that you have? You guys have done a really good job with having the same staff over the last couple of years. 
other opportunities pop up and you guys have had some changes. How much of the struggles do you think are that lack of continuity with changing offensive coordinators and changing staff? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's much. I mean, um, we have a lot of the same coaches that have been in the building for a long time. Obviously, we lost some some great coaches in other places that went to get new opportunities. But uh, all all the a lot of these coaches have been in the building for a long time, and Coach Reed has kind of done this where he's had changeover in the coaching staff, and he's had changeover in teams, and he's been able to to have success. I mean, it's just we just we haven't been executing and playing at a high enough level um, in order to have that consistent success week in and week out, and. Um, all, all, all we can do is just be better this week, um, and I'm, I'm excited for the, the challenge of it. Um, we're playing a really good defense, um, and so it'll be a great challenge for us as an offense to go out there and execute at a high level. That is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today to talk about yesterday's game against the Buffalo Bills. Patrick, appreciate your time as always, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Yeah, appreciate you. That's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. We'll take your calls here coming up in a bit, 913-586-7610, to get your reaction to what you heard from the quarterback of the team. Rob, maybe the best way that I would kind of sum up what we just heard is, I think he understands. Like, I don't want to make it seem like what happened yesterday is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Like, someone on the text line made this point. When Brady does it, it's called competitiveness. Same thing for Phillip Rivers, but now we're holding Patrick Mahomes to a different standard. Okay. I think we're playing a little bit of fun with the results here. That's not really how people feel about Tom Brady. That's certainly not how people have felt about Phillip Rivers over his career when we have seen some of his outbursts and emotional responses to things. I think Patrick understands sort of how it looked and how it came off yesterday. I think you got that from him. I don't think he just like outright apologized because I think he feels justified. Hey, I was mad. I'm sticking up for my guys. I'm sticking up for our team. I'm doing everything to win. And I get that. But for a player who hasn't really had a lot of bad looks over the course of his career, And for a guy that has, I would say, run a nearly perfect PR campaign, yesterday was one of the few bad looks that I think he has had in his NFL career. This wasn't just normal slamming your helmet on the sideline. Eh, You get that. He was aggressively charging after an official. And the press conference, I just don't think, was a great look yesterday from Patrick Mahomes. I did get the sense in talking to him and hearing his answer and hearing his demeanor. I think he understands. Yeah, yesterday wasn't good. But now, as a team, we need to come together. We need to respond. We need to figure things out. We'll talk about this more coming up in just a bit, and we'll take your phone calls, 913-586-7610. We are currently in a space that we just haven't been in very often with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a very, very unique spot. They got a month until the postseason. There is a chance that they don't win the division. Like, I know that sounds crazy, and I'm not trying to fear monger. They're only a game up. They've lost four of their last six games. It ain't crazy. Cincinnati can beat this team. Cincinnati can absolutely beat this team. I still think they're going to win the division. But that one seed conversation that we've been having, you're two games back with four to go. We need to stop having the one seed conversation. Miami, if they win today, they're two games up with four to go. This team ain't getting the one seed. 
this team is in line to play in wild card weekend. They're also in line to go on the road in the playoffs. This is a very, very unique spot. We can take your phone calls coming up on the other side, 913-586-7610. Rob asked me today, am I out on the Chiefs? I told him no. I'm still not out on the Chiefs. I'll tell you why. Keep it right here, Sidra. Hey, Chiefs fans. It's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The Drive, brought to you by the Deep Esquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. 610 Sports Radio. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Rob earlier today asked me if I was out on the Chiefs. He says that you have maintained that they can still win the Super Bowl with some fixes, penalties, and turnovers. That continues to be an issue. Are you still in on the Chiefs? I told him yes. Now, my confidence is certainly wavering with the Chiefs. I don't know how it couldn't based off how they've played. This is why I'm still in on the Chiefs. I believe since Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback of the team, they have really only had four bad days. I would say number one was the injury against the Denver Broncos and the uncertainty of if he was going to be able to play the rest of the season. You guys remember that day. None of us knew what was going to happen with Patrick Mahomes and thought that he was potentially going to miss the rest of the season. That was a really bad 24 to 48 hour stretch. I would say that was a bad day. A couple of years ago, you remember they got the beats by the Tennessee Titans. They were never in that football game. I believe Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass in that game. That was a bad day. A really bad day. So that's two. The injury against the Broncos, which is a very different bad day than the rest of them, but it was a bad day. The loss to the Tennessee Titans and that Monday, it was not good. I would then say number three was the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati. It started off really good, but man, when Cincinnati tackled Tyree Kill in the backfield and they didn't get points, you could just feel someone right. And your feeling was right. They got thoroughly outplayed for the next 35 minutes. And Patrick Mahomes probably played his worst half of football after that. I would classify that as a bad day. I think yesterday was also a bad day. It's the worst regular season loss they've had since the game of the Tennessee Titans. It's the worst. It's the worst one that they've had. Rob, they've had four bad days. The reason I bring that up is, for the most part, they have responded very well in all of those instances that I brought up. When Patrick Mahomes hurt his knee, he came back. They rode that wave of emotion. When they lost to the Tennessee Titans, they came back. Look at what happened. They won the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship game. What did they do the next year? They came back. They won the Super Bowl. I really want to see what's going to happen to the Chiefs. Yesterday was the most explosive I can ever remember their sideline. 
We got Chris Jones arguing with Joe Cullen. Patrick Mahomes is yelling, screaming. Kelsey's throwing helmets. Yesterday was not a good day for anybody associated with the Chiefs. I'm real curious to see what happens here. You still got a core of guys that have won championships and played at a really high level. How do they respond to this? They shouldn't lose any of their remaining games. They are a noticeably better team than the four remaining opponents that they have. But I don't know if you can say with any certainty that the Chiefs are running the table over their next four games, not with how they've played, not with their offense, not with the way they've scored. Anything is possible. You saw yesterday in the National Football League, the Lions lost to the Bears yesterday. It was a three-to-nothing game. There was another upset between a good team losing to a bad team. The Texans got beat by 24 points by the Jets. I'm not putting any of these four games automatically in the win column. I'll give you Sunday against the Patriots, and I think that Patriots team is bad. But then when they're bad, you look up, and they just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football. You're playing a Patriots team that has extra rest. So I'm not automatically marking any of these games in the win column. I want to see how the Chiefs respond. I want to see how the Chiefs fight. And I want to see if this organization and this team still has the ability to take all the negative conversation around them, turn it around, and make it a positive. Because that's what they've done over the last five years. Every moment that people have counted them out and every moment that people have doubted them, they have usually responded incredibly well. This is not the first time that the Chiefs have been up against the ropes, that we have had an uncomfortable show. And every single time, they have bounced back. So I'm not officially putting in my papers. No, I'm still going to sit here. And if if I'm in the minority, that's fine. I'm not ready to say they can't go to the Super Bowl. I'm not ready to 100% say it. I admit it looks unlikely. You can't argue that they're the best team in the AFC. Hell, you can't even argue right now that they're the second best team in the AFC. I'm not ready to 100% call it for Kansas City. I'm not there yet. Well, you know my papers have been filed, and I'm out on this team winning the Super Bowl in 2023. I just don't think there's any, any chance. And I, you know what? I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to tell you why being out is wrong and explain my position. But it's pretty lame that you're going to wait for the reaction. Because you know what? In the Chiefs' next four games, three of them are going to teach me nothing. You come back from a bad loss, a tough one at home, the refs may have got you, whatever, and you beat the Patriots. I'm not letting people tell me why beating the Patriots is a turning point. Nope. That game's going to teach me nothing, not a thing. What if they score 42 points? doesn't matter. Okay. I just wanted to know. First off, it won't happen. They're not talented enough. Second off, not going to matter. The ensuing week, Christmas Day, mean they have a long week to prep for the Aiden O'Connell Raiders, who are halfway to Cancun. Nope. That's not going to change anything about how I build the Chiefs. I'm not having that turning point conversation then. The Bengals, I'm open to it, but they still have Jake Browning. They're a seven and Jake six. Been balling, though. They're a spicy wild card team, but you know what? I'm the not Chiefs buying might in. Be a spicy wild card team. They're a game back, so yeah, they might be a spicy wild card team. I'm not. I'm not going to view that as. Oh, look, they've changed their ways. They beat Jake Browning, and the Chargers. Keenan Allen last week booked a flight to Key West because he's done with the season. He knows it's over. Brandon Staley shaved his beard and cleaned up his resume on LinkedIn. He knows it's over, so it's fine. You can keep waiting. That's cool. My papers are in rubber stamped. They have a notary. They're locked in. But the idea that the next four weeks are going to tell you something about this team when they play the dregs of the league three of those times is a little lame to me. I do want to answer this because a lot of people are saying, Carrington, why didn't you include the Super Bowl loss 
I don't think you guys count the Super Bowl loss as a disappointment. It's kind of like the Royals in 2014. The Royals didn't lose the World Series. They just didn't win the World Series. We have put so many asterisks. Well, if they had had the left tackle and the right tackle. and I just don't look at that Super Bowl loss as that big of a disappointment. I don't. Certainly not the way the other ones. You guys didn't nearly have the energy that you have right now. So I wouldn't consider that to be a bad day. It's not great. I'm not, I'm not happy they lost the Super Bowl. But it wasn't really a man. It was a, well, we would have won that game if X, Y, and Z had happened. There definitely is an asterisk by the Super Bowl loss that they have. I just wouldn't put that in my bad day. Not like how it is right now. Let's go to the phone lines at 913-586-7610. Let's go to Mike. You called it. Hey, Mike, how you doing today, man? Doing good. Thanks for taking my call. I love no the drive. Listen, almost daily. Um, the one thing I want to say is what we saw last night with Patrick Mahomes was his emotions finally boiled over. Everything that's happened this season with the Jawan Taylor uh, false starts, the drop passes, the missed pass interference call in Green Bay. I mean, everything that Pat has wanted to say finally came out on the sidelines last night. My honest opinion, it's going to be scary the next four weeks and possibly in the playoffs on what he does with that. And that's what I hope happens. Mike, I appreciate the phone call. I feel the same way too. I think that yesterday wasn't really about their reaction to the officials. I'm with you. I think Pat internally has been holding all of this. He blamed himself for the MVS drop a couple of weeks ago. You guys remember? He was like, oh, well, I could have thrown it better. No, you couldn't have. You could not have thrown it better. I think he's been holding it in and holding it in. And to see a win, and the Chiefs would have won that game if Kadarius Tony wasn't offsides, they would have won that game. To see a win taken off the board and to see a dynamic play from their offense broke him in that moment. I don't know if we'll ever see him that animated, that frustrated the way that he was yesterday in that spot. I think that was five, six weeks of frustration and film, and we have been talking about this and working on this. And in this moment, the absolute worst time, one of our biggest flaws continued to shine through. This team doesn't play discipline. And in the NFL, if you don't play discipline, if you pop up in this one individual spot and you slip in just a little bit, it can get you beat. It can cost you. It cost them yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll be joined by Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll also continue to take your phone calls, 913-586-7610. But on the bright side, Pat was right about one thing. I'll tell you what it is. Keep right here, Sidra. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Catch Nate Taylor in studio every Friday starting at 4 o'clock. And if you miss any of the conversation, listen on demand with the Odyssey app and 610sports.com. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This is the thing Pat was 100% right about. I'm always going to be on the side of cool stuff happening. We aren't talking nearly enough about the fact of, man, that play was really cool. (laughs) I mean, really cool. On the same day that Frank Wycheck passes away, who was obviously very instrumental in the Music City Miracle, the Chiefs were going to win a game potentially on a lateral from their tight end. 
I mean, you can't draw a better script than that in the National Football League. I'm not debating with you whether or not he was offsides. I'm not talking about that right now. We got to at least acknowledge, man, the play was really cool. And it was one of the plays when Patrick talked about it at the end of the game. We did get robbed from greatness. Whenever Travis Kelsey goes into Canton, Ohio, and Taylor Swift is sitting there front row and, you know, she's sitting there and people are crying and, you know, got a chance to see one of the greatest players in league history. When they did his highlight package, it was going to include that play. No, it won't. That sucks. I mean, obviously tough to swallow. Um, I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. And who knows if we win. But as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, don't, it, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something. And all I can do is go out there and give everything I have. And I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did. And it was a great football game that ended another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. I mean, I disagree with how he responded. I mean, he, he disagrees with how he re- responded. The play was really cool. And if the play had, if there wasn't a flag thrown, it would have been one of the coolest plays at Arrowhead. It would have been up there with the Dante Hall punt return against the Broncos. It would have been up there with the Tyreek Hill on fourth down. It would have been up there with Travis Kelsey's touchdown against the Buffalo Bills when they won that game in the 13 seconds. I mean, it was one of the coolest plays in the history of Arrowhead if they don't throw a flag yesterday. But we're not talking about that today. We're not talking about Travis Kelsey in front of his pop star girlfriend having maybe the play of the NFL season. We're talking once again about the mistakes of the wide receivers. We got Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs coming up in just a little bit. Rob, let's take these two phone calls before we get off and uh, talk to Mitch Holtz's. 913-586-7610. Paul, you call into the drive. Hey, Paul. Hey, guys, great show. Look, I hold uh, Brett Veach responsible for uh, Patrick Mahomes being taken out of the national conversation as a uh, MVP and a top-flight quarterback. And here's my examples. Tua down in Miami, got Tyreek Hill and the other guy. Hurts, Philadelphia, A.J. Brown. Dak down there with C.D. Lamb. Russell Wilson out in the mountains with Sutton. Watson, or Green Bay up in Watson. Mahomes doesn't have the firepower, and Veach should have got that. You guys called it. Everybody knew at the trade deadline you got to get him somebody, a Watson, somebody to get up there that can make a play, create space, make a dynamic play that he has confidence throwing it to. And I hold Veach responsible for that, guys. I really do. Paul, I'm 100% with you, man. I appreciate the phone call. This is one thing that I've been saying from the very, very beginning. You can't even say I haven't been saying this. I was saying this when it wasn't cool to say it. The Chiefs are asking Patrick Mahomes to do something that no other NFL team is asking their good quarterback to do. Not a single one. Tell me any team in the league that you think is potentially good, and they've tried to get him weapons. I don't even know how much the Chiefs have really tried in the last two years. And as weird as it may sound, them winning the Super Bowl with Juju Smith-Schuster and feeling like, oh, well, you know, I mean, we didn't really put a whole lot into our wide receiver room, and look how it paid itself out. 
that did them in this year. It did them in. I mean, I keep how many times on the text line have you seen it? This is the same wide receiver room. Well, there's no deep ball threat. So teams aren't worried about you getting beat 15, 20, 25 yards down the field. They have no big playability. You don't have wide receivers that consistently run the right routes or consistently catch and make difficult plays. It's more than just not having Juju Smith-Schuster. You don't have many playmakers. If you're a defensive coordinator, what are you worried about the Chiefs doing? You're not really worried about them running the football yesterday if you're Buffalo. Were you worried that Clyde Everett-Alaire was going to get 100 yards rushing yesterday? So you're not worried about their ability to run. And there's two people you got to worry about. I think we can advocate the resources to figure out how to stop two players on their team. The Chiefs didn't have that third score yesterday. Travis Kelsey had a good day. Rasheed Rice had a good day. And that's about it. Claude Everett-Alaire was who he is, just okay. And you didn't really get anything from anybody else. We knew that going into it. That was a worry that we had when we saw that Isaiah Pacheco wasn't going to be there, that you lost what could be your most uh, most explosive weapon. This team maybe wins yesterday if they have Isaiah Pacheco. They ran the ball 18 times. Imagine if 14 of those carries went to Pacheco. Maybe he has 75 yards. Changes the complexity of the game. Let's go back to the phone lines. Coop called into the show. Hey, Coop. How you doing, Carrington? How you doing, man? I appreciate you calling in. That's good. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I enjoy your show. Thank you, man. Yeah, I have a couple comments I'd like to get your response on. Uh, one, I was worried about the receiver group when they were talking about making Kadarius Tony the number one receiver last summer, right after the season. That had me worried then. But my main two uh, points is I think they missed Eric the enemy in this position. And we all heard Andy Reid say that his offensive coordinator helped him put the game plan together. How many times this year have you seen for yourself and said, boy, that was a heck of a game plan. Last year, I can, I can name several games where, like the, the Fisco game, I was worried about that game uh, against their pass rush. But we had a hell of a game plan to negate their pass rush. I think that's what Mr. Eric Benjamin the most is putting the game plan together and hold the team accountable. Because he always, always preach being accountable and paying attention to the details at every press conference. He always stressed those two points. I don't care how good they play or how bad they play. He stressed those two points all the time. And we know he was getting the players' tails if they didn't follow and, and, and abide by those two principles. Coop, you're That's 100% right, man. No, you're 100% yeah. right. we got to take a break here. I appreciate the phone call. we got Mitch Holtz coming up in just a bit. I, I 100% agree with you. I think the Chiefs' biggest problem right now is attention to detail, and that is something that they are lacking. The Chiefs don't do the little things it takes to win consistently in the league anymore. L- at least they haven't for the last month and a half. They have not done the little things wrong. We can point to in each one of these games, they have made numerous critical errors that have cost them to lose. And I've been sitting here saying, hey, if you cut back on 30% of this, you can be a better team. I don't know if they can cut back on the 30%. They just seem to find you. Drop here, fumble here, penalty here, mistake here. That has been the theme of the season. 
you can't lack explosiveness on the offensive side and also make the amount of mistakes that the Chiefs do. You're just not a talented enough offense to be able to make up for it, and that's why you've lost four of your last six. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined in studio by Mitch Holtz, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep it right here, so drive. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 